Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 215 of the show. Today, we're going to be talking about two different questions coming from the same listener. The first one's going to have to do with what he calls being more externally focused, which I think is actually a great phrase for it. Basically, it means being more aware of what's happening around you as far as what your opponent is doing and what to do strategically during a match. We're also going to talk about how to stay more relaxed and more calm during competition. So let's go ahead, get right into it, sit back, relax, and get ready for some great tennis instruction. Let's go ahead, get right into it. And today's questions come to us from Aaron in Australia. Aaron and I have actually communicated back and forth via email quite a bit. He's also a singles domination student. Been great to uh, to work with you, Aaron. And we're going to go ahead and get into his first question of two here that we're gonna we're gonna cover both. They're both very closely related, but kind of different sides of the same coin. He wrote to me and said. How do I get better at reading the game and staying externally focused? When I started tennis a couple years ago, all the focus went into getting the mechanics of strokes right, my own footwork, serve, movement, etc. Well, that was no doubt necessary. I find it's a problem now that I'm now that I'm improving because I often find no matter how hard I try in a game to focus on what my opponent is doing, I just feel I'm doing I'm not on the ball as far as this is concerned. And then he gives an example, a specific example of hitting a great shot to the corner during a point. He knows, you know, cognitively that he put his opponent in trouble, but he doesn't react. He knows that the right play would be to close in, take the next ball out of the air and win the point. But instead, he he only realizes that fact a couple of seconds too late and he gets stuck on the baseline and his coach is like behind him yelling, oh, you should have moved in. And he knows that, but he just didn't do it. He just forgot. He was not immediately aware of the situation because he's so focused on his own things, you know, technique, footwork, etc. So how do we transition away from just focusing on ourselves to being more externally focused? I actually like that phrase a lot, which Aaron used in his question. Well, a couple of points on this, Aaron. First of all, initially, the focus has to be inward. So, uh, you know, the first point I want to get across to you is that I don't want you to feel badly at all about the fact that you've been internally focused up until this point. And this reminded me very much of what my coach a long time ago, when I was just a kid, told me the four steps were to becoming good at any skill or any discipline, whether it be a, a sport or, you know, even anything in life, <laughs> any any kind of skill or discipline at all. It doesn't even have to be athletics. There's four different phases that everybody goes through. Phase one is unconsciously incompetent. So you don't really have any information about whatever it is you're trying to get good at, and, and you're not good at it either. Phase two is being consciously incompetent. Meaning now you have some information, you, you've learned some knowledge about what you're trying to be good at, but you're still not good at executing it. Phase three is being consciously competent. 
you've got that knowledge, you have that information, and now you're actually able to execute it correctly, but you're still having to be consciously aware of it. And then the fourth and final phase of being really, truly good at anything is being unconsciously competent. This is the ultimate in anything, being able to just go out and just perform without being consciously aware or not necessarily consciously consciously aware. I mean, you know what you're doing, but you don't have to micromanage every single step. You know, each each step of your footwork, each little movement of your forehand or serve, exactly how you're tossing the ball, all those things just take care of themselves. And you can just focus on, as Aaron said, external things, which ultimately, I mean, that's the biggest difference between winning and losing is being aware of the external things and adjusting your tactics and your strategy accordingly. So nobody, one more point I want to make before I move on to my next main uh, section here. Aaron, nobody is born a tennis player or born anything else for that matter. A really good book on this, which I've talked about on the podcast before, is called The Talent Code. talks about the really the phases that everybody needs to go through to become you know really good or virtuoso at anything he actually talks about tennis players specifically in that book you know you're not born with skills you have to develop them and everybody has to go through those different phases some people move through those phases more quickly than others but the fact remains that you need to at some point be conscious of what you're trying to get good at do it enough time so that it eventually becomes becomes hopefully unconscious. And that can take different people different amounts of time. And there's just no way around that. Now, you're obviously currently in the consciously incompetent phase for this specific part of your game. You know, the, the identification and the anticipation strategically of what you're trying to accomplish. You know, you, you've got the information in your head. So you're, you're conscious about it. Um, you've got the knowledge, but you're just not executing it yet correctly. So, you know, the good news is that the information is there and you know what you're supposed to do. The bad news is you're just not doing it without having to really force yourself to do it yet. And a lot of times you don't recognize you, you were supposed to do it until afterwards because you're still a little bit internalizing and you're being a little bit more internal in, in terms of your thinking and trying to you know, focus more on yourself. You haven't moved away from that conscious part of it yet with a lot of what you're doing. So we must move from consciously competent to continue, basically continuing to remind yourself and getting training until you react correctly. And as I mentioned just a second ago, it takes different people different amounts of time to get through that consciously incompetent phase to move finally to the consciously competent phase where, yeah, you're still aware of it. It's not second nature yet, but at least now you're starting to make that move. You're anticipating, yes, I did hurt my opponent. Now I should move in and you can go ahead and start doing so. And then after that, hopefully many repetitions later, you'll just start doing it automatically. Bottom line is this, you know, strategy is just like any stroke. It takes time to learn and even more time to make it automatic. Okay, so don't think that just because you quote unquote know it, like, you know, you knew you were supposed to move in, just because the knowledge is stored away in there somewhere in your brain doesn't mean that it's just going to happen. It takes time to program yourself to where it starts to happen automatically, hopefully at least a little bit, or even get to the point where you recognize it soon enough that you can 
do it on the fly. You know, you're still having to remind yourself, but at least now it's within enough time that you can actually take advantage of it. So my my number one my number one message to you here, Aaron, and to every other person listening, is to be patient right now. I know that you think, maybe not consciously, but somewhere down in there, you have the idea that you know you study the game of tennis, you work really hard at it, you gain this knowledge and this awareness, and so it seems like it should just happen after that. Unfortunately, it's not the case, and and for the vast majority of people, it takes a lot of repetitions before anything, either technique or strategy or anything else, becomes a habit. So, in the meantime, enjoy the fact that you get to work on this. You know, tennis is a lot of fun. It's you can get a lot of fulfillment from it, making these little change, these little improvements, these little changes to your game, moving closer and closer to the level that you strive to be at. Enjoy that whole process. It's something that I talk about a lot recently on the podcast in general. Don't judge your success and failure based on whether or not you just automatically do the things that you learn. It will take time. Know that. Don't be discouraged by that. It's the same for everybody else. Trust me, it's not just you. Now, Aaron's second question, closely related, is how can I learn to retain a sense of calmness and relaxation on the court? I get, and then he says in parentheses, I guess this ties into number one quite closely. Yes, it does. I mean, it's a different topic in general. I mean, we're basically talking about, you know, in a sense, mental toughness here, being able to stay calm and relaxed even during pressure situations like competition. But it actually is very similar to the first question because being able to play calmly under pressure during competition is a skill in and of itself, period. It's not just some magical thing that some people have and other people don't. It's something that you have to train yourself to be able to do, to perform under pressure and be calm and be relaxed. It's just like a forehand. It's just like strategy. It's just different because it's more mental you know it's it's in your head it's not a physical tangible thing but it's still a skill it's just a mental skill so the only and i mean only way to be good at it is through experience <clears throat> now some people when you walk out there on the court seem like they're just naturally good at competition they're just natural born competitors on the court you know, if you've been around tennis any amount of time, you know exactly the type of person I'm talking about. And it might seem like they were just born that way. You know, they just have, they just have grit. <laughs> and when, you know, when, when it really, really matters and when the, the situation is really big, it just seems like they play their best and they don't panic. They, they stay calm, cool, and collected, and they're able to perform and compete at a lot of times their highest level when it really matters the most. Well, I can promise you that they've either had enough tennis-specific experience or experience in some other sport or endeavor other than tennis to have that cool, calm, and collected demeanor while staying confident and continuing to hit the ball the way that they know they can. Just like technique or tactics or strategy, you know, mental toughness is something that people are not just born with. You have to develop it just like any other skill. It is a skill in and of itself, and it takes experience 
you know, kind of going through those situations over and over again for anybody to be able to build the ability to really perform well in pressure situations like that. So what this comes down to in both, you know, all three arenas, the, the technical or, you know, the physical swing, swing techniques, footwork, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the tactical or strategical element, number two, that would be, you know, where to aim the ball or when to move into the net or when to hit a drop shot, when to hit down the line, et cetera, et cetera. That's number two. And the third area, mental toughness, you know, staying calm, staying confident, even in pressure situations. All three of those areas of tennis are all different arenas of skill that we we have to do our best to try to hone as we work on our game as a whole. If you totally ignore any one of those areas, you know, you're just not going to be the, the best tennis player you possibly could. You will not live up to your potential. They're all very different areas, and this is part of what makes tennis interesting and fun to try to get better at. There's just so many different things that go into it. You can't just be good at one of them and really be a truly great player. So don't be discouraged here. Aaron. And by the way, Aaron has only been playing tennis for two years. <laughs> He's already made a lot of huge improvements. He's only been competing for one year. So Aaron, please know that, you know, two years on the court, relatively speaking, is a very, very, very short amount of time. You've already come a very long ways. And I don't want you to be frustrated at this point. Uh, you need to realize that you still have so much ahead of you. And rather rather than be, you know, annoyed by that, enjoy, you know, relish in the position you're in that, you know, you have the whole rest of your tennis career ahead of you. And, you know, you're a young guy, you've still got decades left that you can be playing this game. You have so much to learn. And, you know, please um, approach that as it being part of the fun of what you're doing rather than be frustrated by it. Um, yeah, that's my main uh, message to you today. So hopefully that makes sense. And I hope that the podcast continues to be helpful to you as you make your way through those four different phases of of being you know, uh, an expert at anything. I, I really hope you get to that unconsciously competent phase in the near future. Um, and even if you don't, I hope that you enjoy the process and the, the journey that you're on trying to get good at all of these different types of skills so that you can become the best player possible. Thanks so much for being a listener and uh, for supporting what I'm doing, Aaron. I appreciate it. Best of luck to you. And please let me know if you have any further questions about this or anything else at all. All right. I hope you enjoyed episode number 215 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. If you did, and if you appreciate the instruction that I'm providing here for free, and by the way, if you'd like to access every single episode of the podcast, you can do so by going to EssentialTennis.com and clicking on Podcast. Every single episode is categorized there, and you can browse through and download or listen in your browser to uh, any episode you like. So if you found that helpful and you appreciate it, you can support me one of two ways. Number one, you can leave me a review on the iTunes Music Store. I would appreciate that very much. 
Or uh, number two, you can also donate to the podcast by going to EssentialTennis.com slash donate. EssentialTennis.com slash donate to make a donation towards the podcast. With that, I'll go ahead and sign off for today. Thank you so much for listening. I mean, just by listening to the show, you're supporting what I'm doing. So, so thank you very much for that. Great to have you as a listener. I really hope that you got a lot out of today's episode. And I'll be talking to you again very soon. Until then, take care and good luck with your tennis.